Thank you for tuning in to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life so our eternity is far better. I, of course, am your host, Michael Clark, and I'm glad you've taken some time to be with us today and to discuss loyalty. How loyal are we? Are we ready to be loyal to Christ? Of course, as always, don't forget you can send us an email with any comments or questions or just an episode idea maybe that you have, and we would love to hear from you. That will be posted in the description down at the bottom of this podcast. But I want to ask you today, are you loyal to Christ? Are you loyal to Christ? You know, when you think of the word loyal, it simply means that we're giving or showing a firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or even an institution. And think of all the relationships out there that would need loyalty. You've got friendships, right? If, if you don't have a friend that's loyal, that's not going to work out very well. You've got parents and children. There's got to be some loyalty involved in that relationship. And I remember my dad always told me growing up that he would bat for me as long as I was willing and needed to be batted for. Now, what he meant by that was he would go to bat for me every time I deserved it. And when I didn't deserve it, he wouldn't be there for me. Because he's not going to just bat for me just simply because he's my dad. That's the type of loyalty that has to be done. And when we're talking about being loyal to Christ or loyal to the doctrine or loyal to any type of member of the Lord's church, we have to understand that we can only be loyal to those who are deserving of loyalty. You know, the devil is not deserving of loyalty, but Christ Jesus is. And that's so, it's so important. And there's one other thing that came to my mind as far as, and I, I know all of you out there that are married will agree with me, don't our marriages need loyalty? Can't we understand that if I'm not loyal to my spouse, that's going to present some problems? Well, then what does it mean to be loyal to Christ? Again, I asked this question a, a few different times now in this introduction. Are you loyal to Christ? I know your initial answer and my initial answer would be, yes, absolutely I am. I mean, obviously I'm loyal to Christ. Why wouldn't I be loyal to him? But I think sometimes we forget what true loyalty is. You know, I, I can say that I'm a fan of a team and wear a jersey, but that doesn't mean I'm loyal to that team. I often tease with people that are big fans of the teams that have won championships recently. I often tease them and say, name five of their players. And it always amazes me that these individuals at times can't do it. Is that really being loyal to your team? You know, the interesting thing about loyalty to something is when you are loyal, you will do everything in your power to know more about them, to spend more time with them, and to be around them in any way, in any shape or form. I've been to multiple Pittsburgh Steelers games, a big Pittsburgh fan. And I would go every year if I had the money and the time and ability. They're not really the greatest team right now at the recording of this podcast. Maybe they are when you're listening to this in the future. That would be great, and I'd probably be incredibly happy about it. But I know at the time that I'm recording this, they're a team that's surrounded by drama and all of these horrible things that are going on, and I'm still loyal to them. They're still my favorite team. I don't get to pick and choose what happens to them, but I pick and choose whether I remain loyal to them or not. 
So as we ask this idea and this question of are we loyal to Christ, I want us to go and look at Acts 2 and verse 37. Acts 2 and verse 37. After Peter has preached what is just an amazing sermon, all of the people that hear it are cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? You know, the gospel always affects those that hear it. And for instance, you think about the parable of the sower. The seed fell on ground and affected each ground that it fell upon. Or the ground affected the seed that was upon it. But there was a result of the gospel. Also in Stephen's case in Acts 7, you remember him, right? Who preached the gospel and was stoned for it. You know, a similar wording is used in Acts 7, talking about being cut to the heart or pricked in the heart. Because these individuals that heard the message that Stephen presented didn't like what they heard. And so they killed him for it. You know, in this particular time, it caused these people in Acts 2 to ask themselves and to ask out, what do we need to do to be saved? Men and brethren, what shall we do? What Peter is about to suggest to them is, in my opinion, and take that for what it's worth, but in my opinion, is no easy ask. He tells them in Acts 2.38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, he tells them they need to do two things, and those two things are easy. Here, here they are. Repent and be baptized. Now, those two things are simple. They're simplistic in the idea of we can understand that we need to repent of our sins. We can understand that we need to be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins and the remission of our sins. It's the third thing he asks that's not in the text. But when you study the context and you understand the time in which this would have been stated, has to come to mind and has to be brought to light. Here's his third thing. Every one of you that are listening to me need to be loyal to Christ and his church. What had people known prior to this day? What was the prominent religion prior to the day of Pentecost? Well, Judaism. And when Peter tells them to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, he's telling them, leave your old life behind and become a Christian. You know, perhaps they heard Jesus teaching on different matters that would have made all of this make sense. But even still, the dominating religions of that time would have been Judaism and paganism. And these apostles are telling the crowd, abandon Judaism, abandon paganism, be loyal to Christ and his church. And if you really consider Judaism leaving it as the main religion, you've got to understand how difficult it was. Brethren, it was so difficult. Friends, it's so difficult, right? That two books, at least, main focus in the New Testament are encouraging brethren to abandon Judaism again, that of Galatians and Hebrews. Paul in Galatians would tell the people, who's bewitched you? Who has convinced you that 
going back is making progress. No, no. The Lord and His church and His New Testament are far better than Judaism. Hebrews, of course, is a plea to people to become Christians and stay Christians and not abandon their Christian faith to go back to the old law. You know, it's incredible to me that since the days of Moses, Judaism had been the re religion that connected man to God, the main religion. And the loyalty that it would take to deny what had been the standard for centuries had to take a great deal of love for the Lord. They're asking them to forget everything that they've ever known become a part of a church that's never even existed until then. Have we ever really stopped to consider that? We, we know that the apostles asked the people that day that wanted to become Christians, Here, well, here's how you do it. They told them what they needed to do. We understand that. But have we ever stopped to consider that it wasn't even a church until the day of Pentecost? You see, when I understand that, a lot of this makes even more of a significance to me. When I know that they didn't just become a member of the church later in Acts that had already been established because of the examples that they have, because of the other things that they have going on, when I know that that's the real purpose of what's going on, then I can understand that they had the greatest of loyalties that they could have possibly had. It's incredible to me to consider that loyalty and to know what was going on at the time that this had occurred, that all that they needed to do was follow the Lord and become his servants. Think about that for a moment. Peter continues in Acts 2.39 by saying, The promise is to you and to your children and all who are afar off, as many as God would call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Be loyal to Christ. Abandon what you've known. And come over to this side. And Acts 2.41 tells me, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. You know, it's unknown how many people were present on the day of Pentecost? I, I don't know. However, the text tells us that not everyone became loyal to Jesus on this day. Have you thought about that? Those that gladly received his word were baptized. There were those present who heard this message that walked away because they weren't willing to be loyal to Christ. I don't know what their specific reason was. The Bible doesn't tell me why they abandoned what was being preached and why they left it. You know, perhaps they were more loyal to their family, to their friends, or to their lifestyle. But you know, whatever it was... They walked away that day loyal to a master or masters other than Christ.
So let's think about that for us for a moment. Every day that we have an opportunity to study the Bible and to learn more about the church and to learn more about God's will for us, and we hear the things that we have to do, do we do them? Do I do them? Most of the time, the answer is yes. Other times, sadly, it's no. And for whatever reason I don't do them, it really always comes back down to the loyalty aspect. I mentioned a few moments ago, I am loyal to a football team that's never done anything for me, specifically. All they do is suit up for a certain amount of months throughout the year, go play a game that gives me entertainment, but I'm so loyal to them. I can't tell you how many shirts and jerseys and all of the memorabilia that I have that's about this team, and they've never done anything for me. But what about with Christ? Am I going to be loyal to Christ who's done so much more for me than any football team's ever done, than any sports team's ever done? We have people in the world, they'll tell you roll tide, big Alabama fans. But they're not loyal to Christ. And I really think the sad thing about all of this is that many of the people that have this problem are people who profess to be loyal to Christ but don't really understand what loyalty is. According to what we've talked about today, loyalty is abandoning everything I've ever known and being true to Christ. And that's brilliant that we have these examples in the Bible who tell us and who give us an example to follow. But will we follow it? It's not enough for me to just hear what these people did I've got to do what these people did. They gladly received the word. What if the word doesn't tell me what I want to hear? Sometimes it doesn't. Well, I gladly receive it even though it tells me to do something contrary to what I've always believed and what I've always thought. What if it means I need to be baptized? Will I do it? 3,000 souls that day were added to the Lord's church. And that was a wonderful day for Christianity. And you and I can be a part of more wonderful days for Christianity. But we have to be willing to do our part. And it starts with you and it starts with me. Me and you, we've got to make the determination that we will be loyal. Otherwise, what's the point of what we're doing? Have you tried not being loyal to Christ? You tried being loyal to something else? How's that worked out for us? We've got a chance now to be loyal to Him. And if I'm loyal to Christ, my life is far better. Your life is far better. And hopefully we can all do that. I want to thank you for tuning in to Far Better. Don't forget you can email me at the email that's down in the description below. And I hope we all please God now so that our eternities are far better. In our next episode, we'll talk about being loyal to the doctrine. Thank you.